Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics. How you doing? Welcome to the Fantasy MD's Baseball Podcast. Today is Friday, August 5th. We apologize for the delay. My brother Matt, uh, you know, had some work he had to take care of. So we're a couple of days late here. But this is our 43rd episode. You know, if you guys enjoy the podcast, you like what we're doing over here at the Fantasy MD's, we just ask that you give us a little five-star review and uh, write a little, you know, something uh, wherever you listen. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you just tap the little bell every time we drop a new video, you know, uh, you'll be alerted. Uh, other than that, you know, um, uh, we we are extending the giveaway one more toward the next episode, which will probably be announced on Monday. So, guys, you still got a little bit of time to get your entries in there. And uh, I'm your host, as always, Dominic Martino, here with my co-host, my brother, partner in crime, Matthew Arnay. Matt, how are we doing today, brother? Doing great. You know, outside of traveling across the country the last couple of days. Um, yeah. No, you've been a busy man. Yeah. Finally home. But then, you know, now leaving for vacation. So, you know, we're trying to bring this to you quick, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, guys, this one might be a little bit of a quicker episode. So, uh, you know, just uh, stay tuned, pay attention, and we got you covered. Uh, so we haven't been with you since the end of the trade deadline. So the finger on the pulse today is go- we're going to talk about these big trades. Um, the obvious one that we got to talk about first is uh, Juan Soto heading over to the San Diego Padres. He brought his, he brought his buddy Josh Bell with him. Uh, so, uh, the, you know, the Padres give up uh, Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, um, um, I forget the first names of of um, Wood and uh, Susana, but um, the kid Wood is supposed to be very, very good. I will get you his uh, first name at some point here. And Luke Voigt also goes, you know, uh, to the um, Nationals. And the Padres also picked up Brandon Drury. So, um, Matt, what are your thoughts here on this one? I mean, the team itself is fantastic at this point. I mean, the Soto ad is incredible. The fantasy implications for him and Bell are just going to be outrageous. Now with that lineup, especially when Tatis comes back, too, it's just going to be outrageous. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping that, you know, now that, uh, Soto has kind of left the bad juju in Washington, he's going to take a second, a second, um, second half leap and kind of take it down and kind of knock everybody out the park and be that number one outfielder that I had him projected to be. Um, Bell is probably going to keep doing what Bell does until he doesn't. Um, I don't, I mean, he's doing great. I am just not a big fan. I don't think he lasts, keep doing it, but Hey, if he's a outlier year, it's great. It's going to be great actions for him. You know, just I would ride the I would ride it out until it's no more. Um, and then on the other side for Washington, I just feel that, um, you know, they, they, they scooped up a lot of big prospects. Um, Washington hopefully can rebuild around Mackenzie Gore and and all these other little prospects they got. And um, for Voight, I just think his fantasy value in any league at this point is pretty much just shot. It's done. I don't think he holds any any worth at this point. Um, he's just an outright drop for me. So, yeah, I'll I'll be honest with you. Luke Voigt has really disappointed big time this year. You know, we uh, we here at the MDs had big big expectations for him, and he's between being hurt and now traded to the Nationals. That look is very, very bad. I'll say this. In your deeper leagues, maybe you want to hold and see. Maybe he writes the ship there in Washington and figures something out. Not very likely. The counting stats are definitely going to go down. You know, not that they were any good as of, you know, late anyway. Um, I'll chime in with Josh Bell, though. I, I do like Josh Bell's outlook. You know, he's a career 267 hitter. Too sexy? Uh, 267, hitter. He's got some power in the, no, 267, 267. Um, you know, he, he is having a sexy year, though. He, he's batting 303, 14 bombs, uh, 58 ribbies. Um, you know, 55 runs. 
I think he's a power guy. He hasn't. He, I think he's a. He's going to help you in batting average as well. And now you know he's headed to a team where he's going to hit. You know, um, probably like maybe sixth, fifth. He's going to drive in all of those. You know, um, guys ahead of him: Soto, Tatis, Manny. You know, and it's a good outlook. Uh, I do want to point out this kid, James Wood. You know, for um, you know, um, uh, dynasty leagues and uh, things like that. He he was the main reason that this got done. Supposedly, supposedly the Padres really wanted this kid. Um, he's a career uh, three thirty six hitter in the minors. This year in the minors, he's got, um, you know, 10 bombs, uh, 45 ribbies, 56 runs, five, uh, 16 steals in only 55 games. Uh, he's 19 years old. That's again, James Wood, a uh, prospect that got sent over to the Nets. Uh, he's really good, guys. Uh, I, I would keep an eye on this kid if he's available in your dynasty leagues. Um, you know, you snatch him up. And uh, if not, just throw him on your watch list, uh, you know, and uh, any other leagues just to see where things go with him. Maybe he gets the call. Maybe he doesn't. But for Juan Soto, guys, you know, he's going to he's going to get things back on track. He's going to be absolutely great going forward. Uh, I saw the video of him and Tatis uh, in the locker room together. They were both very, very excited. I think they're both in for, um, you know, a, a big, big second half here. And for Brandon Drury, it's a grand slam in his first game in uh, in San Diego. So, you know, he's got a good outlook, outlook too. But moving on, uh, Whit Merrifield uh, goes over to the Blue Jays for Samad Taylor and Max Castillo, neither of which are big, big prospects. But, you know, keep your eye on those names. Uh, so for Whit Merrifield, he's having a down year, guys. You know, the I mean, the steals are steals are decent, but the you know the the average is very very down. You know, he's 33 years old now, and um, maybe you know uh, they get things fixed over there in um you know in uh, Toronto. He did go two for looks like he went two for five in his uh, first game there. So you know that's decent, but he's got to keep it rolling, in my opinion. You know, I, I think he's having a, a, a tough time, you know, so far this year. And as you get older, your bat speed goes down, and that's kind of what he was known for. So we'll see how things look for Whit Merrifield. But uh, I think it's a it's a good landing spot for him. Good good landing spot. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if he has a resurgence. Um, I like the upside just because he's on the Toronto Blue Jays, but yeah. you know, overall, I don't think we're going to see that many steals. Um, we could see a resurgence of batting average, maybe. Um, you know, counting stats will probably be nice depending on where he's hitting up in the lineup. But who knows if he's not doing what he's got to do? It may be an outright bust for that team. Maybe they were just trying to unload that con that contract, and Blue Jays are willing to scoop it up. You know, I can't say he's coming from a bad situation. If anything, it was a very um, upward look for the Kansas City Royals. If anything, you know, they kind of got rid of dead weight and not. Merrifield escaping a bad situation like Juan Soto. So, you know, in terms of Merrifield kind of changing his tune, it's about a 50-50 shot. Let's see what happens. Maybe he has um, one of those scenarios where he's um, a disgruntled ex and starts tearing it up now. But uh, we'll see what's going on. But yeah. we got this next trade here, which is um, a weird one for me. And that's between the Houston Astros and um, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the Braves, Braves uh, get... I can't even understand. Oh, the, the what you angels. Wrote here. The, the angels. The angels. Uh, so I'm I, sorry. I, I Go for this. it. Yeah, I can't uh, read your handwriting here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's 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 uh, Iglesias goes to the Braves for um, Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson. Uh, the Braves also pick up a uh, Jake Odorizzi in a separate trade. So um, it's it, it, it's an interesting one here. I'll I'll say this um with uh with Rysdale, you know, it kind of shores up the uh, the back end of that Braves bullpen. It's going to be hard to hit them at the end of games now. But Kenley Jensen was a. Uh, Still named the closer. The manager of the Braves did come out and said he prefers Kenley over Rysale. 
But, you know, uh, Rysel might come in and steal a, a couple saves here or there. But um, if you do have him, unfortunately, uh, if you stick around for the wave of wire, we do have his replacement, you know, um, over there for the Angels. But it, it's, a, it's a grim situation if you do have Rysel. You probably spent a pretty high pick to grab him this year. But um, I don't think he gets uh, as many saves as he did back with the Angels. And, you know, on the year, his uh, ERA is uh, over four, I believe. So that's an interesting one. I do like uh, Jake Odorizzi a lot on the Braves, man. He gets, um, you know... Um, goes to a better situation, you know, uh, defensively. And uh, I, I just think, uh, I think he's going to be decent there. You know, he's been, uh, I know he's been beating up on Oakland recently. He played Oakland about four times, but I like him there in the Braves rotation, you know, kind of gives them somebody, uh, you know, at the end there, you know, just in case they need a, another good starter. Yeah. I mean, Odorizzi for me is kind of like a meh kind of pitcher. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't even know, you know, what the deal is with him, but I would just say whatever. He's just maybe an ad in a 15-team league, but that's really just about it for me. Iglesias' value is pretty much shot, and nobody cares about Jesse Chavez. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, 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 you know, it's just one of those things. There's not too many fantasy implications outside of the fact that you're losing Iglesias as your starting closer and probably your high-end one. I apologize for that of any, any of those owners. But we got Jordan Montgomery yeah, yeah. going to the Cardinals for um, Harrison Bader. That's a nice trade. Um, sucks to give up Monty, but Bader's a really good closer. Um, he's finally getting healthy from what I saw the other day. So hope he can come in and make that, make our bullpen stronger. Oh, he, he's outfielder, outfielder, Harrison Bader. Dude, I yeah, am off my game. Yeah, yeah he's a, uh, he's a quick, speedy guy. I think the Yankees wanted him. He's good defensively too. So I think that's why the Yankees wanted to go out there and get him. Um, but the thing is with, uh, with Jordan Montgomery though, the Yankees defense isn't very good. Oh, so, good and and the Cardinals literally have one of the best defenses in all of baseball. Monty's been up and down of late. So I think maybe heading over to the Cardinals will be better for him because as I said, the Yankees don't have a great uh, defense on the year. Monty's got a three, six, nine ERA, 21 starts, 114 innings, 97 K's and a one Oh nine whip. So he's been, his numbers look pretty good, but I know of late, he's been a little bit up and down. So I think uh, heading over to the Cardinals could be good for him. Uh, Monty, will surely be missed here uh you know for the yankees i don't think when harrison bader gets back he plays every day so if you were banking on him playing every day he's probably not the yankees just went out got ben attendee uh you know i mean i know we got rid of gallo but we still have aaron hicks there's a lot of a lot of cooks in the kitchen over there for the yankees so i don't think he's going to play every day uh matt then we got your phillies your phillies making moves over here you know trying to make a little push they pick up david robertson to help out at the back of the bullpen and, and they get brandon marsh to help out with that defense the kid's got a good glove and uh maybe he could turn things around here with the bat Man, what's your opinions on this one? Um, it was a good trade. They got rid of a lot of prospects that are kind of like meh. Even though Mickey Moniak, which I know is a big one, they got rid of. You know, but yeah, he's been you know. Moniak is also thirty, almost thirty years old, if not thirty, if I remember correctly. He's a he's an older prospect that, yeah. that couldn't figure it out. Either he got injured or just couldn't put it together when he was healthy. Finally, did a little bit this year. But it's funny though; he steps out for his first plate appearance for for them and uh, hits a home run. So <laughs> how it goes sometimes. Yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. I think overall the Phillies won that trade outright. I mean, Noah Syndergaard's a great trade, right? Oh yeah. They got Thor too. I forgot to throw that yeah. one in there. They did they, get Thor. They got, they got Thor in that. They definitely needed that arm. I mean, Thor isn't the Thor of, of yesteryear, but Thor is still going to be an incredible arm in that rotation for them. So, you know, good for them. I love the Brandon Marsh move. I think one, he's going to be help them in defense because they do need to send a feeder. Yeah, that's what they needed. That's what they needed. And Marsh could be a good bet. I mean, the guy was a high end prospect a couple of years ago. I, I he started off the year pretty hot. Um, you know, now he's going to Citizens Bank Park, which is a great hitters park. 
Um, I really, I really just like that that whole turn for him in that young locker room that with a lot of big studs and big names in there can really help him push to the next level. I mean, leaving Trout and Otani is one thing, but I mean, it's kind of like a more revamped, more of winning kind of locker room, which is funny to say. Yeah, so no, should... the, the Angels just can't. They, they hit they hit um seven home runs yesterday, and they lost eight to seven. It's her, it's horrific. Like, that team just is not getting it together, and they should be winning, which is just atrocious. So, you know, it is what it is with them, but I think now he'll have a little revamp. And then David Robinson, the acquiring from um, Chicago, was fantastic. Um, he already got the first like save. One. Um, he's their outright closer. I told you Dominguez was not going to be the answer. They don't trust him. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the outright closer. I think he did get the first save opportunity, but I think they like Dominguez against like the better players. Cause they brought him in the, in, in the eighth inning to face the heart of the lineup. So I think it might be situated. I could be wrong, but I think it might be situational. I think they might, if the, if the two, three, four or four, uh, three, four, five are coming up in the ninth, I think they might go Dominguez, but I think, I think uh, Robertson will still see a decent amount of save chances over there. I think he will for sure. I mean, here's the deal. I mean, you know, Never, never, uh, never count Dominguez out to mess something up. I mean, I know he's been solid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His, no, his, I agree with his you. His track <laughs> history has been horrific. And I think they wouldn't have brought in another closer if they didn't trust him or Knebel. Yeah. And they and, got, I mean, uh, they what's, his name is, what, what's his name is still there, too. Um, Jeez, oh, I forget his name. Oh, Hand. They have a lot of um, a lot of cooks in the kitchen uh, is, is the way I'll say it. You know, it's yeah. uh they're just trying to find an answer. And I think the answer, yeah. the answer may be Robinson. Robinson has a he's good, good. Track. He's, he's very good. Yeah. He's you very know, good. I think, I think he even was on the Phillies at one point, a couple of years ago. He might've been, I'm not sure. Right, he's been right all, after he's been he left the, the Yankees, I think yeah. he only did like a one year stint or whatever, and then ended up getting traded, but he's improved since then. Um, I'll fact check that on me later, yeah. but um, I think it's a really good move. And I mean, he I looks good. I mean, Robinson's yeah, been having a good year. So I think the upside is there for him. Definitely, for sure. I agree with you on that. So we got two more we'll finish up with here. Um, Joey Gallo heads to the Dodgers. Once again, I don't think the guy is going to play every day, but there is a chance if he was dropped in any of your leagues, uh, you know, he might, he could get it going. Joey Gallo can get it going in in, in three seconds. He The guy hits uh, uh, like eight home runs in a week, and then he drops off again. So he might be a juice to orange situation. If you see him hitting a couple home runs, you might want to snag him. And then Eric Hosmer goes to the Red Sox. That one's kind of not really, really actionable. Just did want to throw that one on there because, you know, hey, you know, it's Eric Hosmer. He plays a decent first base and he might get a lot of playing time over there in Boston. Just keep your eye out for Eric Hosmer. Maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, guys, we got news and notes here, Matt. You know the deal. Uh, we're just going to run through this one pretty quickly. So uh, Clayton Kershaw was removed from his start uh, yesterday with back tightness. He's going to go for an MRI. I bet you he hits the IL. That's the, you you know, he's had back problems the last few years, but that means Dustin May probably comes up and takes a spot. Guys, last chance to go get Dustin May if he's available in any of your leagues. Um, Ozzy Albee is with that broken foot. He started baseball activities. The Braves are saying he could be back by September for a playoff run for you guys in fantasy. Um, Raphael Devers was activated from the IL after missing 10 days with hamstring inflammation. Just keep an eye on him. He's been a little bit banged up of late. I hope, uh, you know, he could keep a, a healthy go going forward for the rest of the season. Uh, Bryce Harper had those uh, pins removed from his thumb. He's ramping up baseball activities. Um, they're saying he could be activated on late August, early September. So, you know, keep an eye out for that. Luis Robert was activated from the IL. Finally, he played yesterday. Uh, David Bednar is day to day with the sore back. Um, Yeri De Los Santos, guys, I've been telling you about him. He's the backup there. Might get a couple saves while uh, Bednar's out. 
Tarek Skubu hit the 10-day IL after he was removed from his start Monday due to left arm fatigue. I don't like the sounds of that. A uh, young pitcher who hasn't pitched a lot of innings in his career, maybe it's uh, you know starting to build up this year, was having a great year, by the way, uh, Tarek Skubu. John Gray is going to miss four to six weeks with an oblique strain. That That's a tough one. I, I know we were touting him a lot here on this podcast, and he was absolutely dominating. Uh, so that one stinks. George Springer is date, uh, still day-to-day with an elbow issue. Um, you know, he's been having a tough year with injuries. Uh, Lance McCullough is working his way back. Um, you know, uh, he went uh, from the forearm strain. He went a uh, 3.1 innings, gave up two runs. Uh, his velocity is up, by the way, so that's a good sign. Uh, through 76 pitches, the Saint could need one more rehab start, and then he'll be back. Justin Turner heads to the 10-day IL with uh, abdominal tightness, uh, retroactive to July 30th. Dodgers are saying could be activated early next week when first eligible. And then we got Jack Flaherty, guys. This one's interesting. Uh, Jack Flaherty, um, with that shoulder, he started throwing bullpens, and he could be cleared for a rehab assignment soon. I say if he's dropped in any of your leagues and you have an IL spot, uh, it's a stash, man. Uh, you know, Jack Flaherty's got all the talent in the world, and um, I truly think that he'll figure it out eventually, whether it's the end of this year, maybe some point next year, if he could stay healthy, though, because we know those flanges are weak on uh, Little Jack. So uh, with that being said, we'll head into the, the waiver wire. And Matt, I'm going to let you lead off with this one because I know you've been waiting for this guy to get the call and he finally got it. Yes, sir. And that's Mr. Miguel Vargas, the uh, number one prospect for the Dodgers organization. Um, kid has kid has been incredible in the minors. Um, let me see if I can pull up his stats real quick because, oh, my God, it's just it's delicious. You know, he's just killing it. Um, so he had a slash line of two nine one three eight two four seven uh four nine seven. Um, over the year he has. All right, let's just do this. Sorry, everybody. I'm just not I, here I, today. I, I got you, Matt. If you, if you want me to read it off here for you, real quick. Thank you, sir. Yeah, uh, so in 94 games, uh, Miguel Vargas had uh, 374 at-bats, 81 runs, 15 bombs, 72 ribbies, 12 steals, and as Matt said, he hit 291. Um, I think this is the great, great outlook for the kid. You know, very, very talented young hitter. He is um, 22 years old, a lot of upside. Thing is, I don't know if the Dodgers are going to play him every day. He got the call, played the first game, did great, two for four, two RBIs and a steal. But then he didn't play him the next day. So I don't I don't know what they're going to do here. I hope it's not an S3 Ruiz situation where, you know, they kind of bring him up and baby him a little bit. But um, the kid's got a lot, a lot of talent, man. He's, pick him up. Uh, he is uh, 15% owned. So get, get that up to 30. 40 50 there's a there's a lot of speed bumps i mean chris taylor's working his way back from injury jello gallo's back and um, uh, jt's coming back soon too yeah. so it's going to be interesting i don't know why they would call him up though not to play him i, I never understand that with big time prospects so it depends i mean also too max muncie's been playing like outright garbage turner's been hurt constantly and and also too turner's turner has had a hot last month but his total season has not been that great yeah. so you know, maybe it's one of those situations where it's maybe it's time to bring bring in the new gen and start um, influxing the team with some young bat, young arms. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I'll be happy if he's playing four days a week because I think the four days a week may give him enough to kind of earn his spot to full time role. And I, I don't th- I don't see a situation where he doesn't earn it because the kid is just looks like from his first at bat, um, which against which was against. San Francisco, which is no slouch of a team. And, you know, he's doing those kind of things. I think the translation is there. I think that if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be him. I'm, I'm very excited. He was my number one prospect um, going through it into the half, second half of the season. And I think that he's going to be incredible. Um, 
And just the upside is there. I mean, shoot. Look what he did in 80-some-odd games. I mean, it's the minors, but that that there's a strong possibility of him, him being that good. Yeah. I agree with you. The kid, kid's got a lot, a lot of upside. Once again, that's Miguel Vargas of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, 15% on. Once again, go out there and snag him. He's eligible at third base, which has been a tough position to find this year. Uh, kid's got a lot, a lot of talent. Uh, so next up, let's go with, um, you know, somebody we've talked about on the podcast. They're coming off a two-home run game. That's Jorge Mateo. Um, you know, Baltimore made a couple of moves there. looks like, um, you know, uh, Mateo's healthy again. He's going to probably play every day. Kid's got a lot, a lot of speed in that bat. And, you know, he's showing off a little bit of power here recently on, like I said, on August 2nd, he had two home runs, five RBIs with two for four. Um, on the year's numbers aren't great. You know, 216, uh, 41 runs, 10 bombs, 32 ribbies, 26 steals. Yes, 26 steals. Um, he's only 48% owned and he's eligible at second, short and outfield, Jorge Mateo. Um, I, I think he's got a lot of upside. You know, he's fairly young. Um, got a lot of speed and he's going to play every day, multi-position eligibility. Uh, you guys go out there and snag him if you need specifically steals and runs. Uh, and apparently showing off a little bit of pop here now too. Uh, a lot of upside for the kid. A lot, a lot of upside for Jorge Mateo. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know his profile before he got up called up last year, but I mean, last year he had 247 and he stole 10 bases and 194 at bats. Um, now he's at 319 has 26 stolen, uh, stolen bases batting 216. I think if anything, we're going to see an uptick in the average, which will be really nice because I mean, over the last two weeks, he's batting 293 and his stats are real nice too. And over the last two weeks, nine, three, nine, four, and 293. You can't really beat that. I mean, right now it's kind of this ride the wave situation. He's 48% owned. It's a why not. And I mean, to be honest, I'm looking at all these positions where second short and outfield where there's a bunch of injuries where you can probably plug and play him right now. And for the short term, and then see what happens. I'm not saying he's going to be a long-term outlook and dynasty or anything of the sort, but he could be, but who cares? As long as he's plugging the hole and, you know, not going out there and killing you like other guys are, he's definitely worth an ad. Yeah, for sure. But uh, we got, uh, we got Mr. Nathan Lowe for the umpteenth time this year. Um, Dude, I don't know. You guys got to add this guy, man. He's been so consistent, like all year, just consistent. But the ownership still stays so low. I don't, I don't, like no pun intended, but this ownership is too low. You know what, you know what I think is he's just not sexy enough. You know, like, I guess not. I guess he's not Josh Bell sexy, huh? I guess not. I mean, but the thing is, though, too, I mean, He's having a good year, right? In 380 yeah. at-bats, he has 46 runs, 15 bounds, 45 ribbies, a stolen base, and batting 284, right? See, what's my number one rule? Batting I, average off the waiver wire. Come right. on, guys. You got to listen to that. Right. But I can see why he's not sexy, though. Those counting stats really aren't there. You know, I mean, the bombs are decent, but the, the ribbies and runs aren't. But, I mean, I also, Here. too, it, it took, it took te- Texans a bit to just figure it out, right? The Rangers have yeah. not been – really that that hot yet and now they've starting to starting to climb and i think that's what we're starting to see i mean to be honest yeah this last week he only has a run and and two ribbies but he's batting 379 i'll take he's that. on an 11 game hitting streak too guys come yeah. on i mean it's just you gotta it's 50 what is he a 56 percent own guys that's the, right. almost half your leagues and on top of that i mean the last two weeks of 56 at bats four runs three bombs six ribbies and he's batting 375 I'm sorry. So he's consistently for two weeks putting up three over 300 average. Yeah. yeah you know what that tells me? Pick him up. Yeah. I don't make that I don't, your deal. 
I don't know what what what's going on with Nathaniel Lowe. Um, we this must be like the fifth or sixth time I've thrown him on, uh, you know, the show because just he's been so consistent. As I mentioned, if I didn't have like three first basemen in most of my leagues, because I don't know, I'm hoarding first baseman apparently. I I would already have him on my teams. He's super consistent. Twenty six years old, and he was a high end prospect coming up. He's finally figuring everything out. You know, last year he had two sixty four, eighteen bombs, eight steals. So we could see more steals. Um, you know, the counting stats weren't great for him last year either with seven. 75 runs, 72 ribbies. That's probably more of where he's hitting in the lineup than anything else, if I'm going to be honest with you. But I truly, truly think uh, you need to go out there and uh, grab uh, Nathaniel Lowe, once again, uh, of the Texas Rangers. Uh, so we'll move on to our last guy here. Uh, once again, somebody we've talked about before, but he's heating back up again. Uh, all-star for the New York Yankees. That's Jose Trevino. Um, the guy's guy's talented. You know, he play, he's playing um, almost every day for the Yankees at catcher. If not, um, you know, at least like four or five times a week. He's got home runs in his last two games, and he had two home runs on August 1st. So it looks like that power is, um, you know, starting to creep out. He's only 17% owned on Yahoo. I know somebody out there needs a catcher. And in those two catcher leagues, you know, uh, if, you, if you're hurting for a second catcher, Jose Trevino's probably out there. On the year, Trevino's got 204 at-bats, 29 uh, runs, 10 bombs. 34 ribbies, two steals, hitting 265. He's chipping in in every category at that point, you know, in those limited number of at-bats. So if he did get, you know, full-time work, all of those numbers would be elevated even more. He plays on a great New York Yankees team. Uh, that's really it. Just go out there and stand Jose Trevino, guys. 17% on Danyahu once again. Yeah, I like, I like Trevino a lot. I mean, you know, not just because I'm a biased Yankee fan, even though I am. Um <laughs> I mean, it's just I'm just looking at his last two weeks, right? And this is kind of how I always judge everything because baseball is a matter of, you know, who can you ride the hot hand and kind of just keep it going and manufacture a win, right? So at the catcher position, when you're trying to when you're looking for production, this is what you're looking for, right? Last two weeks, six runs, three bombs, seven ribbies, and batting three sixty-seven. Okay, he has two of my rules. Um, he has two of my rules. Um. Batting average, and he's doing production and counting stats. I mean, you can't beat that. Where are you going to get that from a from a catcher? I'm sorry, You're not. And I mean, over the last month, he's batting 305. So again, batting average off the waiver wire. So I mean, that's just me. But let's just move over on the arms. Um, I think we finished up with bats. Yeah, Don't yeah, yeah we we'll Quick trick, quick transition. But you know, my bad, no, guys. Go for it. Um, so I guess uh, we could bring up. Um, how do I want to do this? I'm going to go with Mr. Hunter Green, I guess. That's a good one. He's been hot lately. Yeah. Uh, he's, it seems like he's, he's something has clicked for him. I don't know how long it's going to click for him, but, hey, I'm going to ride that wave because, you know, the guy, you know, tops out of like 107 million. Um, so, you know, he, he, kid throws gas, and over the last month in 23 innings, he has a 1W, 29 Ks, a 270 ERA, and a 111 whip. He is killing it right now. Let's go. Maybe something has finally figured it out, and he, you know he's finally happy. Finally said, "Oh, I'm going to take advantage of this uh, this opportunity." Let's go, Hunter Green, because I, there was a lot of upside coming into this year. Yeah, man. I'll say this. I know that um, you know he's played the Marlins twice recently, so that that definitely helps get you right. But you know what? Uh, um, before that, on um, July 9th, he went out against Tampa Bay, which is a decent team. You know, uh, six innings, nine Ks. Uh, you know, gave up a run on a one-one-seven whip. So you know, he's figuring things out. He's still very, very young. You know, he's got a you know a lot of a lot of upside. As Matt said, you know, he's a flamethrower. Throws a lot of gas. 
And uh, he's 41% owned on Yahoo. He does get Milwaukee his next time out, which is a so-so matchup. You know, in Milwaukee, though, Milwaukee's a little bit more of a hitter's park than a pitcher's park. So, you know, let's see how that one goes. If he does good against Milwaukee, then you know what? I say he definitely gets the ad and you keep it rolling into the second half here. I haven't heard of an innings limit yet for him. You know, he has thrown 102 innings, 127 Ks. He is a young kid. But who knows? Maybe Cincinnati lets him go. So, you know, that's a Hunter Green there. Uh, let's move on to someone that just got traded. Um, we've been talking about him on the podcast a lot recently, and that's Jose Quintana. Goes to the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, um, very, very, very good uh, defensive team. So I think there's a lot of um, upside here for him. You know, on the year, um, Jose Quintana has got 109 innings, 96 Ks, three wins, a 3-3-9 ERA, and a 1-2-3 whip. I think that whip goes down. I think the ERA probably stays about the same. The K- He's not a K per nine guy, but the Ks are decent. The wins are what's going to really, really go up here. You know, he's 34% owned on Yahoo. Jose Quintana, he was great for the Pirates. I don't see any reason he can't continue this uh, going forward with a better team, better defense, uh, more opportunities for wins. He does go to Coors Field for his next outing, so be careful with that one, and I wouldn't hold it against him if he did bad, but I think there's a lot, a lot of upside here with Quintana going over to the Cardinals. Uh, definitely a good ad for this week. Yeah, I mean, Quintana, you know, we talked about him last week. You know, he is a hit or miss kind of guy, but he has been performing. So, I mean, hey, let's roll him out there and see what he's see what's going on with him. I'm, not, you know, he's all reliable, and I mean, Cardinals are a good team, so he's got a good team behind him that's going to be able to play D and get him some W's, which is the one thing I feel he's lacking, especially since he was on Pittsburgh prior to this. So maybe he can get that up and get bring some fantasy value till either his flanges give out or he gives out. Let's see what happens first. He's a ride the wave kind of guy at thirty four percent owned. But um, yeah, yeah, so uh, I, I know you don't. I don't. Even, I know you don't like the next guy too much. So I'll, I'll do. We'll do a little rant about him because we've talked about him a little bit, you know, in this episode already. But that's Jake Odorizzi, guys, going over to the Atlanta Braves. I like the outlook. Uh, good defense, you know. Um, they they know how to manage their pitchers. They're very uh, good with things like that. On the year, Odorizzi's got a three seven five ERA, one one five WHIP, sixty innings, forty six Ks. So he's not really a K per nine type of guy, but you know he will contribute. Uh, the division is a very good division to pitch in. Uh, a couple good teams to beat up on over there, you know, like the Mar. Marlins and uh, teams like that. But um, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I just think it's it's a decent outlook going forward for Odorizzi. Not not the top bad for this week, but 24% owned. Uh, you could snag him in most leagues. Yeah, I mean, so his next start is going to be about against the Mets. You That's can, a tough one, tough one. It, it's definitely a tough one. I mean, and this is where I stand. This is why I'm not a fan. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be a bad – he's not going to be a bad streaming option. Maybe not this week, but he's somebody to de- definitely keep your eye on. Um, cause last week against Arizona, cause he's going to have that light matchup. He had eight K's and zero ERA with, um, Oh five, seven, uh, wit, but against the Phillies, 10 year, 10.8 ERA against Washington, terrible team, 5.06 ERA. And then against St. Louis, 11.25. So this is why I don't like the signing. I think it was the mediocre, mediocre trade of the week. Um, it's one of those things where it's just like, hey, you know, he's going to be the bottom of the barrel kind of kind of guy and kind of fill a spot and kind of be like that veteran that comes in and they can kind of trust going in and hopefully not lose the game for him. But against good starts, like you see, like Arizona, like a good matchup. And since Dom said, hey, they're going to play the Marlins twice a year who have nobody, um, especially with, you know, um, Jazz being hurt and Sanchez just underperforming uh, since that hot start this year. Um 
you know, there, there's some, de- there's some nice upside and he's going to play Washington who now just unloaded yeah. every, the only bat yeah. on that team. So, you know, there, I wish he's a streamer. I wish you stream yeah. him against those good matchups, you know? Yeah, so you just look out for that and then you kind of just roll from there. He's definitely somebody to keep right here in the back of your head. And, Oh, let's check out his things on Monday. Like what is he, who's he going to pitch? And then boom, scoop him up. But other than that, it just, it is what it is. Yeah, but so let, let's 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 wrap up with some closers here. And uh, guys, we got some new closers for you. You know, uh, guys that you can go out there and pick up in most leagues. And uh, with the trades that have happened, you know, there is some openings here. So let's start off with um, Felix Batista of the Baltimore Orioles. You know, Baltimore's been very very competitive over the past couple of months, and it looks like they trade uh, Jorge Lopez over to Minnesota. Felix Batista is going to step up uh, as a closer there on the year. Batista's got some great numbers: forty four point two innings, sixty Ks, three saves, three wins, one eight one ERA. A 087 whip, absolutely beautiful numbers for Felix Batista. He's 49% owned in Yahoo. That number's only going to climb up and up and up. Uh, I don't know if he's um, you know, going to be super trustworthy back there, but the numbers are supporting that he's been good on the year. He's a big K guy, and uh, I know it's a tough division to pick. To, to pitch in there, you know, in the, in the AL East. But, hey, man, he's been doing great so far this year. He's They've already trusted him with three saves. Uh, you know, you can go out there and stand uh, Felix Batista in half your leagues. Yeah. I mean, he um, he's definitely worth it. He's been he's been solid, but uh, let's move on to the next guy because I think he covered everything on that. And that's yeah, um, yeah. that's Rowan Wick. Uh, he seems to be lining up as the um, the next guy to step up and take the closing job. Um, I mean, there's not going to be too many clo- uh, save opportunities because you know it is the Chicago Cubs, but it seems for him to be the next one up. I guess only time will tell over the next week or so of who's really getting the saves since it's just since this transaction just happened where Robinson was moved to the Phillies. Yeah, they also the Cubs also traded Michael Givens to the Mets, and he would have probably been the next guy up, to be honest with you, because his numbers are way better than uh, Rowan Wicks. But Rowan Wick has been trusted with uh, four saves on this other uh, year for the Cubs. Uh, you know, forty three innings, forty four Ks, uh, two wins. The rest of the numbers aren't great. I'm going to be honest with you: four three six ERA and a one uh, seven three WHIP. So you kind of just gotta ride the wave with that one there. You know, uh, if you're desperate, you throw the dart and you see how that one goes. Uh, and next up, we got to the angel situation so there's a few guys that could possibly get it but the guy i think deserves it and you know has the best numbers um on the year that's jose cuada i believe it's uh pronounced um so i'm going with uh, uh jose cuada so if i'm wrong somebody correct me but on the year uh you know jose's got 20 uh innings pitch two saves uh 24 k's 315 uh era and a 125 whip which isn't too bad at all Let's see. Actually, he did. looks like he did get the, the first save opportunity here on August 2nd against Oakland. So uh, it looks like I threw my dart in the right direction with that one. Kiwata uh, uh, is 6% owned, guys. So anywhere that you need a closer, he should be available. Uh, I say he's um, right behind uh, Felix Batista there. Um, definitely ahead of Rowan Wick. Um, and you guys can go out there and add him with confidence now that it looks like they're going to give um, uh, Jose Kiwata the saves there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, over the last two weeks, even the last month, it really the ERA hasn't been there. Um, yeah, I think it's that one outing. He kind of got rocked there against Texas with an 81 ERA and a nine whip. So I, I think it's just one bad outing there that kind of elevates those numbers. That's valid. I mean, with seven innings and, you know, an eight ERA. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it is what it is. But we'll see what happens. Hopefully, you know, he can kind of figure it out and not let that happen again and blow another save. But, um, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up, man. Yeah, guys, that's about it. You know, uh, we'll catch you next time. We will announce the, you know, the card giveaway winner. I know we've been putting it off. We've just been giving you guys a little extra time to, you know, get your entries in there. You know, other than that, we'll be back with you guys next week. Um, So until then, see you.